Hey there, lifers. Before we get started, this episode is going to deal with sleep. So if you would like, while you're listening to this, to receive a checklist on ways to fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer, without even ending this podcast, even while you're listening to my voice, you can just go to your message app, the app that you use to send text messages back and forth and ready. You're going to enter this number. You can keep my voice playing. Okay, the podcast doesn't go away. You can just open up your message app. And here's the number that you want to type. Ready? 949-565-4337. Again, 949-565-4337. And then in the body of the text, just send the word sleep and you'll get my checklist. You can do that while the podcast is playing. Isn't that cool? And you'll receive that checklist before I even get through my intro. Ironically, you're listening to a podcast found in the health category. I'm your host, Shalene Johnson. And today I'm going to share with you a habit, a very bad habit that I've been denying, hiding actually for years. And this habit, this habit that likely you have too, is more detrimental to our health than just about anything else we're doing. In fact, this habit is more detrimental to our health than being a smoker. These last couple of months have been a serious wake-up call for me, no pun intended, And it's time for me to own it, to just get real, to be honest, to be forthcoming, and to use this show, my fellow lifers, as a way to bring awareness to this and, most importantly, accountability. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene has helped thousands with her books, seminars, and online academies. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Push, and a mother of two. First of all, thank you so much for joining me on The Shalene Show. And I want to thank especially those of you who've jumped over to Periscope or have been watching my live streaming videos on Facebook. Many of those I've been able to turn into podcasts because gives me the ability to you know talk to you the way that I am right now and then also answer your live questions. This show I am not filming live, but I want you to know I did do a live video with questions and answers and I I showed you my brain scans on a live video I did on Facebook. Now, if you'd like to see those brain scans because I'm going to talk about them in this episode, I will place in my show notes the link to that video on Facebook. But the other way to find it is to simply go to my page, my like page on Facebook. So it's facebook.com forward slash Shalene, just my first name, and click on videos. And it's one of the most recent live videos. And in that video, and it also allows you to fast forward it, there's a piece in the video where I actually hold up my brain scans, which I had done at the Dr. Amen Clinic. And I'm going to talk about that today because like so many of you, we've heard this advice before, like you've got to get a certain amount of sleep and sleep is good for you. And we know that we get it. Like who doesn't know that? Who doesn't want more sleep? But if you're like me, we tend to lie to ourselves. We, we tend to kind of almost exaggerate it in our own heads and pretend that we got seven hours of sleep. We start the clock from the moment we get into bed as opposed to thinking about the number of hours that we slept with regard to the moment we fell asleep. Instead, we're like, okay, well, I got in bed at nine. So let's see, I slept from nine until seven when actually you might have gotten in bed at nine and didn't fall asleep for a couple of hours because you're watching TV on your phone or doing whatever. I need to do this show because a lot of things have happened recently that I just feel like one of the reasons, one of the purposes The plan behind having this platform, this show, this opportunity to speak to you is that these crazy things have been happening to me. And because I'm a lifer, that means I have friends like you 
who have a very similar lifestyle. And I've got this incredible platform to just be honest and share what I'm going through, like having my Instagram and my Twitter hacked and and then having almost every piece of my personal data released to the world and and just sharing with you how that wasn't a concern for me until it happened to me and, and then having the ability to bring awareness to it. So that's what I want to do today is bring awareness to a subject that is so crazy serious. And I've known it's been serious, but it wasn't until, just like with the hack, it wasn't until it really affected me that I realized I have to take this personally. I have to get the word out. I have to be accountable. I have to be honest. I have to be vulnerable. And I have to walk the talk. So what are we talking about? We're talking about sleep. Actually, we're talking about lack of sleep. Now, I don't think there's anyone listening who doesn't know, just in common sense, all of the tremendous health benefits we get from getting enough sleep. We make better decisions. It helps us to keep a lower body fat. That's the truth. When you are sleep deprived, your body holds on to everything it can to protect itself. And that includes, hello, body fat. We know that. We also know that we feel more patient, more alert, more awake. We have more energy when we get enough sleep. We know that, yet so few people get the amount of sleep they actually need, number one. And number two, there are many of you listening who actually get seven, even eight hours of sleep, yet still feel very tired, and you're fighting that temptation to take a nap. I've learned so much about the brain, my brain, your brain, in the last three months that I have to share with you why that happens, why you wake up even after a full night's sleep and you're still feeling really tired and you still sit down for even just a moment and you feel your eyes closing or maybe you can't sit through a movie because you know you're going to fall asleep. Have you ever sat too long at a red light and felt yourself dozing off? Well, if you have, and you know you're getting enough hours most of the time, you may be suffering from a condition that you're unaware of where your body at night is getting enough time in bed, but it's not getting enough REM sleep, R-E-M sleep. And it's the REM sleep that we need. And that's why your body is saying, hey, you need to take a nap right now because while you were sleeping at night, you weren't getting into REM sleep. You might have even been in very, very deep sleep, but you didn't get into REM sleep. So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you specifically about REM sleep and what that is. Because I already know, y'all already know you should be getting approximately eight hours of sleep. That would be your answer, right? And, and so when most people say, well, how much sleep do you get? We, we know that number. So most of us answer according to that number. We're like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, I don't know, seven, eight hours. I said that for years. So before I go much further, let me just be completely honest and tell you for years and years and years, I have been dishonest, mainly with myself. And telling myself, oh, yeah, you, you're getting like seven hours of sleep, which I don't think I, I think I can count on one hand the number of weeks I've actually accumulated seven hours of sleep per night on average. It just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened until recently. So we know that number eight hours, but did you know it's actually not eight hours for everyone? So let me go through the National Sleep Foundation's recent comprehensive recommendations that they created after doing extensive studies this year, because that range does vary based on your age and a few other things. First of all, for infants being from four to 11 months, they need between 12 and 15 hours of sleep. That's less than what we thought previously. 
Toddlers, up until one to two years of age, need between 12 to 14 hours of sleep. Preschoolers, three to five-year-olds, they need about 10 to 13 hours of sleep. School-age children, that would be ages six to 13, get this, they need approximately nine to 11 hours. And this is a really problematic area for school-age children and teenagers in particular. Teenagers ranging in age from 14 to 17 really need about nine to 10 hours of sleep. Now, they used to get that, but it's difficult for them to fall asleep now because we've put TVs in their rooms, digital devices in their hands, and all kinds of ways to distract them from actually falling asleep. Young adults ages 18 to 25, the recommendation is in fact between seven to nine hours. Okay, so let me repeat that again. Young adults, 18 to 25-year-olds, they need between seven to nine hours. Adults between the age of 26 and 64, that range is between seven and nine hours. And then older adults, and this is a new category, that is adults who are in the 65 plus range, they need between seven and eight hours. So why this big variance? Is it because of growth? Is it because of energy expenditures? Here's what it revolves around. It revolves around our body's ability to get into REM sleep. We all need a certain amount of REM sleep. Now, children and infants, it takes them longer to get into REM sleep and they have shorter REM cycles. So that's why they need far more sleep than adults. Just for the sake of brevity, we're specifically going to talk today about those of us in the adult range of 26 to 64, needing between seven to nine hours of sleep. Seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Lights off, TV off, eyes closed, sound asleep, honestly. Raise your hand if on average you get between seven to nine hours. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, has labeled chronic sleep deprivation as a national epidemic. That means 50 to 70 million Americans are suffering from the chronic deprivation of sleep. Now, I'm not talking about once a week, you don't get enough sleep. We're talking about chronically, day after day, week after week, you're not getting enough sleep. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, we know it produces an effect called sleep drunkenness in nearly one out of seven Americans. We also know that there's a whole slew of very serious health risks associated with chronic sleep deprivation, including ADD, memory loss, obesity, dementia, early onset Alzheimer's, high blood pressure, increased risk of heart attack, increased risk of stroke, a heightened level of stress, increased appetite, a compromised immune system, a decreased ability to heal from surgeries or illness. It seems sleep is pretty darn important, and we know that. I know that. And earlier this year, I had Dr. Amen of the Amen Clinic on the show to talk about adult ADD. I did so because I've always kind of joked around that I thought I had adult ADD, but I didn't even know if that was really a thing. I thought that was kind of a, a joke or something that myself and fellow crazy entrepreneurs, like a lot of lifers, say that they have adult ADD. Well, I had Dr. Amen on the show and we talked about some of the signs of having ADD whether you're a child or an adult, and all the different types of ADD that there are. Dr. Amen, after that interview, suggested, based on my responses, that I come into the clinic and I, I have my brain scanned and actually figure out if, in fact, I was suffering from adult ADD. I thought it sounded interesting, and I'm just fascinated by the brain and neuroscience and focus and all of these things because I like to share that information with you. 
So I did. I scheduled myself an appointment at the Amen Clinic, and it's extensive testing. They go over your background and your mental history and your psychological history and, and your medical history. And then you take a battery of tests, some where you're concentrating really hard on very boring subject matter, some where you're just resting peacefully and trying to empty your mind. And then for each of those tests, you're placed in kind of a giant MRI type machine. They call it a, a spec machine. And after they've placed um, an IV in your arm that allows them to see your brain activity, they look at your brain activity after you've been focused or relaxed. And people go to the Amen Clinic to know what's going on in their brain. He's treated football players, professional athletes with brain injuries, um, those who've suffered traumatic brain injuries from some type of an accident or traumatic event. And then, of course, there are those who are seeking information, knowledge, like actually want to see what's going on in my brain. Do I have ADD? Do I have some type of other marker to explain my behaviors? And then, of course, what is the action for treatment? And of course, Dr. Amen is renowned for the work that he's done for identifying and treating ADD. The markers that they're able to see from this brain spec to identify all types of conditions in the brain, people go to the Amen Clinic to figure out if in fact they have ADD and what type of ADD they have and then how to heal it and most importantly, how to heal it without getting on or how to come off of medication. From the brain spec, Dr. Amen's clinic is able to identify if in fact you have ADD and then more importantly, which type of ADD because there are seven different types of ADD you might have. Now, as Dr. Amen says, it's crazy to think that so many doctors are just prescribing medication for an organ that they've never looked at. And it was a pretty cool, let me say, it was a remarkably eye-opening experience to go through this process. It was nothing like what I thought they would find. And to be honest, it was both disturbing and exciting because like, I finally had some answers for some of the reasons why I do things and, and why I struggle with certain things and, and why I've had to set up certain behaviors to basically cope with what I have, which was considered to be a pretty severe case of inattentive ADD, which was really eye-opening to me because it explained my very short attention spans, how easily I'm distracted, how my brain sometimes feels disorganized, how I tend to procrastinate if I don't set in place some very serious coping mechanisms. It also helped me to understand why it is I daydream and, and why it is it's so difficult for me to stay focused when it's something that I'm just not that interested in. But most importantly, and perhaps most alarming to me, were the things they saw in my brain that didn't necessarily relate to ADD, but might be making my ADD worse. And there were all these dimples in my brain that I could tell by the way the doctors were asking me questions. They suspected that perhaps I had a history of drug use or, or chemotherapy and I just kind of kept going over these questions over and over again, trying to figure out why, in fact, I had this, I guess you would say, rather dimpled brain that was indicative of someone who had long exposure to toxins. The only other explanation other than drug use or some of the other indicators was if, in fact, I was chronically sleep deprived. And the reason why that didn't come up immediately was, you guessed it, I didn't answer those questions honestly. And again, it wasn't that I was trying to necessarily hide it from the physicians or from you or from anyone else. I just, I just wasn't even willing to admit to myself that I truly was getting as little sleep as I was getting. And there's a lot of reasons why. And I'm not making excuses, but 
I love my routine. I love waking up at 4:30 a.m. and going to work out at the gym with friends. I loved the routine of coming home, making my to-do list, and then meditating or praying, and then spending time with my family, and then leisurely getting ready, and then going to work. I loved that routine. I loved it so much. I got all of the things done that set me up for success in those early hours before anyone else was awake. And no, I never woke up naturally at 4:30 a.m. And yes, every single day when my alarm went off at 4:30 a.m., I felt tired and a little confused, but I just decided that's what I was supposed to do because that's what successful people do and if I was going to get all the things in that I needed to get in, I needed to sacrifice something and most often that was sleep. Now, especially so when the kids were little. When my children were really young, when we first had Brock, I was still working as an entrepreneur. I wasn't doing the things I'm doing today, but it was still my priority to be a mom, to be there for my son. And so Brett and I kind of worked out our schedule where I only worked 2 days a week and only for about 4 or 5 hours, and so I would get everything done in those hours as a personal trainer. But as I started building a secondary business and adding on all of these extra hours, I didn't want to put my son in childcare. I wanted to be awake and playing with him during the day, so we didn't use a nanny or any help. I just would sacrifice my sleep. And when Brock went down or when we later had a second child, Sierra, when the kids went down at night, I would usually start working then, like from 8:30 at night until sometimes 1:30 or even 2 a.m. and then you guessed it wake up at 4:30 or 5 a.m. to start it all over again and i just told myself this is a sacrifice that you make you know you you either have to sacrifice time with them or sacrifice sleep and you'll get through this you can you can make it up this weekend or you'll you'll take a nap tomorrow and i just i never did and eventually as the kids got older yeah i got more sleep but when i say more sleep like maybe 5 hours and so for years and years and years I told myself I was getting about six and a half, seven hours, but the truth is, I was often getting about five to five and a half hours, and some nights four hours of sleep. And the effects on my brain have been devastating. And I now realize, not because someone's told me that this is bad for you, but because I can see my brain, and it made me sad. It made me realize I can't believe this is like the most valuable gift God could give me is my brain. and i've treated it this way i've ignored the advice i've i've given other people advice to make sure they get sleep and i haven't taken that advice i haven't walked my talk and so i had to change i had to change everything then i knew that i knew it leaving that appointment that that was the problem i knew that was the problem yet i still let the doctors kind of talk about what it could be and they scheduled for me a a sleep observation appointment at hogue hospital which I'm going to be doing in about 3 uh, weeks and I'll report back to you the findings. But I recently met with the sleep experts at Hogue Hospital and learned more about REM sleep. And that's what I want to talk specifically to you about right now because maybe you know you're sleep deprived, maybe you know you're not getting enough hours. But for those of you who are getting 6 and a half, 7 and a half, 8 hours, maybe even 9 hours of sleep, yet you still find yourself fighting off sleep during the day, Here's what you need to know about REM sleep. You see the brain cycles through five different phases while we're sleeping. There's stage 1, 2, 3, 4 and 
That fifth stage is what they call our REM sleep. And approximately 25% of your sleep should be spent in that REM cycle. And that REM cycle typically doesn't occur until you've fallen asleep and been asleep for about 90 minutes. So it, it takes about 90 minutes to cycle through stages one, two, three, four, and get to stage five where we're getting that REM sleep because your sleep cycle repeats. You enter REM sleep several times throughout the night, or at least you should. Now, during REM sleep, your brain and your body, here's what they're doing. They're organizing everything. The brain is the only organ in the body that doesn't have a way to remove toxins other than sleep. So REM sleep begins in response to signals that are sent from different parts of the brain. And those signals are sent to the cerebral cortex. Don't I sound very intelligent? And that area of our brain is responsible for our focus, our learning, our thinking, our organizing of thoughts, our organizing of things that happened, our organizing of information. Think about it. That's what's happening during REM sleep. So you can imagine that if you're not getting REM sleep, it's like your brain is almost poisoned. Your brain is literally kind of moving all of these pieces around and none of them are filed away. So think about a hoarder's house. I, I know you've seen that show on A&E, right? Where these people have these homes where there's just piles of food and clothes and folders and napkins and, and crafts. And it's just like all jumbled together and it just looks toxic. Well, if your brain is not getting enough REM sleep, that's pretty much the condition of your brain. And that's why even if, let's say, that you are sleeping eight hours a night, but you're not ever getting enough REM sleep, what you might experience is extreme sleepiness during the day. So if you ever find yourself, especially on a night when you've had enough sleep, you sit down on the couch or you stop moving or you're watching a movie and you can barely keep your eyes open. Like maybe your body's not tired, but you just want to fall asleep and you're fighting off that sleep so hard and you might even pinch yourself and do these little things to make sure that you stay alert and awake. But nonetheless, your body is just fighting so hard to put you to sleep. And the second you close your eyes, you start to dream. Have you ever had that happen? And, and your eyes are closed and you can kind of hear conversations and you're putting those conversations into your dream. And it's this really weird battle that's happening where you're trying to stay awake and you know that you're falling asleep and you, you know that you're dreaming and you know that you're putting reality into your dream. And that is your body not even going to cycles one, two, three, and four. That is your body closing its eyes and saying, get into REM. That is your body saying you didn't get enough REM. You must have enough REM in order to survive, to live, and to thrive. And our bodies are amazing. Our brain is amazing. It knows how much REM sleep we need to be to thrive. And so you close your eyes and immediately, you're almost immediately, you're in stage five of REM sleep. That's how you know, that's a really good sign, that you aren't getting enough REM sleep at night. Now, you've heard the condition, I'm sure, before, narcolepsy. Now, in the movies, we picture narcolepsy as somebody who, you know, is in the middle of a conversation and then their head drops and they just, they're just like fast asleep. But actually, narcolepsy is simply a condition where someone is not getting proper REM sleep. And there can be all different reasons why you're not getting proper REM sleep. You may have sleep apnea meaning your tongue is rolling back into your throat and it's cutting off your airway and you don't even know this is happening. Your partner might not even know that this is happening. 
or perhaps restless leg syndrome. But there's a whole myriad of reasons why some people never get enough REM sleep and you might not know it. In fact, a lot of people who are narcoleptic and don't even realize that they're narcoleptic report being able to sleep very, very soundly. They will say, I, I can fall asleep and stay asleep all night. That doesn't mean they're getting enough REM sleep. REM sleep stimulates a region of our brain that's used for learning. And studies have shown that people who are deprived of REM sleep aren't able to remember things that they learned the day before. You know you're not getting enough REM sleep if it's easy for you to forget things and you experience headaches and migraines and confusion. And most notably, you are likely not getting enough REM sleep if no matter how many hours you get, you still feel like you are going to fall asleep if you just sit down and relax. And for years, I've said I refuse to nap. I refuse to stop moving because I would feel that way. If I stopped moving for even a moment or sat down on a couch like a normal person, I would fall asleep like immediately. I don't ever remember being a passenger in a car for more than like 20 minutes and not falling asleep. I just I have to really, really fight it. And that's one of the reasons why I suspect that there is some kind of sleep disturbance happening. My point is this. We need REM sleep. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, it it really bothers me. It upsets me to think that I've done this to myself. For whatever reason, I've always kind of had this mentality that I need to see science before I make changes. Like, I'm that person who doesn't like to be told what to do. I want to know why. And I want to see it. I need proof. I like to see results. I like to read studies. I like to know what's happening and why. And but I could just kick myself that I've, I've known this and the studies have been there and I just assumed for some reason I was different. I convinced myself that I didn't need as much sleep as other people. I convinced myself that I was one of those people. Maybe you do this too. You're one of those people who can get by on a lot less sleep. Maybe I'm one of those people that in five hours I'm getting enough REM sleep. Well, not until I had the brain scan did I realize you're not that special. This is a human body. This is the human brain. And we only have one. And we've got to treat it with the utmost of respect. You want to be sharp as a tack in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 100s. Am I right? I know you do. So what can we do to reverse this? Well, first of all, you have to make immediate changes to make sure you are, in fact, getting enough sleep. And if for some reason you are getting enough sleep and you are experiencing some of those things that I've described, just overly tired, falling asleep the moment you sit down, if you're not concentrating or doing something that's really engaging, you're fighting off sleep, well, then I encourage you to speak to your physician and do a study. I'll be checking into Hogue Hospital at the end of this month. They'll be monitoring my sleep for uh, about 24 hours. They will be monitoring me on electrodes and hooking me up to all these wires and watching me on a video. This seems pretty funny. And of course, you know, you know I'm going to bring a camera in there and, and show you what that looks like. But I'm really excited to find out what's happening while I'm sleeping that might be preventing me from getting enough REM sleep. Nonetheless, I do suspect that the biggest culprit has just been me. It's just been me not setting up my life so that I get enough sleep. And that's something every single one of us can do. We can all change our habits, change the way we structure things so that we get enough sleep. There are exceptions to this rule. 
And that is if you have small children. If you have puppies or small children, yo, you're going to have a couple of years where you just are not going to get as much sleep as you would like, period. I mean, there's just no way around that unless you want to send them back to the hospital. And I don't think they're going to accept them. You could ask grandma and grandpa to take them on until they have a little more manageable sleep patterns, but that's not going to happen either. And they're just so yummy and delicious. My suggestion is deal with it, but take a nap every day. I remember bringing my children home from the hospital and the nurse saying, and the doctor saying, you've got to nap when they nap. And me thinking, that's what lazy moms do. This mom's going to be getting things done. I can't nap. I need to take a shower while the baby's napping. I have all these things I need to do while the baby's napping. So I can give you that advice, but I also have to be honest and say, I didn't take it. I didn't take that advice. Do I wish I had? Yeah, I do. I do kind of wish I had taken some naps. And you can bet your bottom dollar that now I realize that taking a nap is like the ultimate brain boost. And I want to be the smartest smart girl you ever met. When I feel really tired, now I'm going to take a nap. I used to see it as a sign of weakness or, or being lazy, but now I get it. That's a turbocharged superpower. Hashtag smart people take naps. So I want to thank you for keeping me accountable. I want to encourage you to take this sleep challenge with me. I'm going to ask you to get an average of seven hours of sleep per night. I haven't asked you for eight hours or nine hours. I've asked you to get an average of seven hours of sleep per night for 30 days. So if you're willing to take that challenge with me, just to do your best, to rearrange your habits, to turn off the TV, to take in the tips and suggestions that I'm gonna share with you in a moment, to get those seven to nine hours of sleep per night. If you're willing to take that challenge with me, I want you to send me a tweet or to post up under my last Instagram or if you're on Periscope or on Facebook, just post up the hashtag, sleep is cool. We've also put together for you a checklist of suggestions and ways to help you fall asleep faster and to stay asleep. These are recommendations that are going to help you get the sleep you need. But the very most important thing that I can tell you is you've got to change your habits. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, I had some circumstances happen about the same time I got this news, this information that forced me to give up those early morning classes I used to teach. And as hard as that was, and even with this information sitting in front of me, I so loved my routine. I don't know. I don't know for sure if I would have given up those classes. I think what I would have done is I would have forced myself to go to bed earlier, or or at least I would have told myself I have to go to bed earlier. But circumstances are sometimes they seem like it's luck or it seems like it's just by chance. But I, I just believe that God always has a reason for doing the things that he's done. And about the same time that I got this information, I had to give up my early morning 5.30 a.m. classes. The result of which has been me getting my sleep. I've been getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night, and I feel really good. I mean, I feel so much more alert and awake, and my memory seems to have improved. I, I, I can see all of the side effects. I, I don't feel as stressed or confused or I actually feel like my focus is better. There's so many great side effects, but I'm going to be honest and also tell you it's been difficult emotionally because I've had to establish all new habits. I had so many anchors, so many things that I did as a trigger to trigger my to-do list, to trigger the time that I worked out, and I've had to reestablish those. But I'm going to encourage you to text the word SLEEP 
to 949-565-4337. And when you do that, I will send to you a quick sheet, a checklist, if you will, of tips to help you fall asleep quicker and stay asleep longer. Lifers, I love you. Thank you for keeping me accountable. Thank you for taking the health of your brain seriously. I mean, like there's nothing sexier than a really healthy brain. And if we've got the ability to make it healthier, we need to do that. Yo, we need to get our sleep. Hashtag sleep is cool. Until we have a chance to spend some time together again, I just want you to know you, you, my friend, are the bomb.com. This episode of The Shalene Show was brought to you by PeriscopeIsDope.com. Super cool. It's the website where you can go and receive my free tutorial on ways to think of broadcasting your own Periscope channel that helps to bring your message into the hands of other people. It's a way for you to think outside the box. It's a way for you to reach new people on a platform that's brand spanking new. At the time of this recording, there's over 9 million people on Periscope and less than 1% broadcasting. So if you have even an inkling that you might want to broadcast, that you might want to create your own niche on Periscope, allow me to be your guide and you'll receive my free report by going to Periscope is Dope.